Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is June 28th, 2020. 77 days to kick off for the Buccaneers. Right around the corner, that's how I look at it. I think training camp's supposed to start in a month, too. Yep. Hopefully. Hopefully it'll all get to going. Got an exciting show for you today. Going to cover some of the uh, Shaq Barrett news. Some Brady news, of course. And some Vita and JPP news. Yes. We got any fact checks or follow-ups? Dang it. We didn't do it. <laughs> we had some, and I even wrote them down on my notes from last podcast, and then I just completely forgot. We'll get it next time. Okay. I guess we'll get in the news. I don't know. Okay. One of five remaining NFL players who has not signed their franchise tender. Shaq Barrett was asked Wednesday why he has not put pen to paper yet. He said it's still up in the air right now, about 50-50. He said that on the NFL Network. He said, we're going to find out a little more information on Friday, but Friday came and gone with no information. That sounds ominous. What does he mean it's 50-50 up in the air? Like 50-50, he'll sign the franchise tag or? Yeah, I think he's trying to get a deal, a long-term deal, and he's saying it's 50-50 that's all. Okay. But, I mean, he's going to sign the tag, right? He's not going to hold out. Who knows? Who knows? I, I wouldn't think he would. You know, just his attitude, the way he's talked and everything, he he doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to hold out. I mean, you know, it's it's one thing to have a good year, but you can't – I just can't see holding out because you had one good year. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the league, what is this, his fifth or sixth year? You know, this is his first year as a full-time starter, and he put up great numbers – and granted, if you ask me, I would say, hey, pay the man whatever he wants. But, you know, we're a little bit tight on the cap. Don't have a whole lot to give anybody. But I'm sure they'll work something out, get him long-term signed, and uh, something that'll be affordable for the Buccaneers. Well, it's not like the money he's making from the franchise tag is chump change. I mean, what is it, like the average of the top five players at that position? Yes. So it's still... Good money. Oh, yeah. It's more money than he's made the past, ever since he's been in the NFL combined. Yeah. The Bucks are really having to be cost conscious, I guess. We only have like $5 million in cap space right now. So they've got to kind of finagle it to make sure we're not going to go over that. And you know, we still have some wiggle room to sign other players if we need to. Vita Vea had surgery. He did. Uh, he's going to miss the beginning of training camp, apparently. He'll be ready for the regular season. What kind of surgery was it? Hand surgery. Hand Unspecified surgery. hand in- surgery. A- no. He suffered an unspecified hand injury per Rick Shroud. So he's going to miss part of training camp. Not really a big deal, I don't think, because he missed training camp in his first season plus the first three games of the season and all of preseason so he's like calf injury and then last season his second year he tore his lcl or sprained his lcl in august which kept him out of training camp and preseason but he returned for game one so not unusual for vita to have some injury bug during the preseason but it doesn't seem to usually carry over into the regular season Along with that, JPP got orthoscopic knee surgery. He should be back for the beginning of training camp. They say he's not going to miss any time. I know. So that's like a month. But, you know, when he broke his neck, because he he just had the surgery and then training camp is supposed to start at the end of July. When he broke his neck, BA said, talked about what a freak healer he is. So (laughs) having surgery on his knee, it's like nothing. And he's like, yeah, I'll be back. That is kind of a... A very insignificant surgery. They just go in and scope it out, clean stuff. What What was it? Uh, knee surgery. I mean, was it on anything in particular? Or they're just going in there and... Probably just cleaning it out with the bone fragments and Ooh, shrapnel. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, I'm telling you, man, it, he needs to be put in bubble wrap the day after the last season game and then unwrapped. I don't even know if he needs to go to training camp. 
just unwrapped the, <laughs> the day before the first game of the year. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, he does have all these injuries, but then he just, it doesn't even phase him. Like maybe he needs to be injured sometimes. Hey, I've known people like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just, it's like I remember in the 2018 season when he was playing with like knee braces on both his knees and an elbow was, you know, it was just like, he looked like the bionic man and it just went out there and played like normal. Like it was nothing. You know, Brady's been having workouts with uh, the players. They've been at that uh, school. I can't remember the name of it. Berkeley Prep. Berkeley Prep School doing private workouts with Buccaneer players. Like Evan showed up at the last one, so that's good. You know what's crazy? I thought I saw him in the first helicopter video, but apparently it was not him. It was somebody else. I could have sworn he was in that first video. Like I would have put money on it. And then I saw that tweet where he had showed up for the first time this week. And I was like, no, he was already there. I don't know. Just imagining things, I guess. Apparently, the NFLPA put out a statement. or No, wait. It was a, a video I saw. I can't remember where it was at. But they... Uh, yeah, their executive director, Demory Smith, is going around giving interviews. And he's pissed about Russell Wilson and Tom Brady having player workouts. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Joe Bucks pointed it out, and he, they actually did a really good article. I'll go over it here in a minute. But they said on that very same field that they're practicing on, they're having sports camp for kids. You know, they're out there. And he brought up a bunch of other stuff, how, you know, there's the NHL, I think, is doing some stuff and everything. It's like, why are they singling out Tom Brady and Russell Wilson for this mess? I've heard some theories that it has something to do with some negotiation stuff that the NFLPA is doing with That's the my theory. NFL, yeah. Well, he even said it, Smith said it in a interview. He said, I certainly understand how competitive our player our players are, and I get that. But at the same time, we are in the process of trying to negotiate with the league about what happens to a player if they test positive during the season. So yeah, I think from the NFLPA's perspective, it weakens their negotiation. Mm-hmm. And Joe Buck's fan, he went, <laughs> he kind of went off, or they kind of went off. Uh, Jenna Lane was on ESPN TV, and uh, we watched the interview. They were talking about Brady doing the practice and stuff. And she said she, she kind of took some shots at the Tampa Bay area residents collectively and at Brady for the bad optics of his workout. And Joe Buck's fan did not take too kindly to that. And he, thank God they spoke up and yeah. said something. Yeah. Yeah. He said that, or they said, <laughs> Joe Buck's fan said that at Berkeley Prep School, the kids and counselors are engaged in summer camp, including sports camps where everyone is seemingly breathing all over each other. <laughs> Both events are illegal, he said. And the last time Joe checked, the NFL Players Union recommendation that players refrain from group workouts hardly qualifies as a government edict. Yeah, we all know that, Joe. But <laughs> he said, he said, but that's not good enough for the national media police. Bucks beat writer Jenna Lane was what he said. <laughs> he goes on talking about that. Uh, and then he talks about Mike Florio barked at Brady for flaunting the workouts on his social media. And he asks, what the heck is going on here? The the media, they just love the finger wagging. They like being in this position of moral superiority. You think? A little bit. They like to lecture us. But then Joe Buck's fan had a great article on their website. It's actually the first time I've seen him do almost a long form piece. Really? Yeah, it's about... Probably about twice as long as they normally do. But it was called The War on Tom Brady. And they said, The message seems clear from a borderline hysterical national NFL writer. Tom Brady will get us all sick and may cause a death or two. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. You know, it's funny because Joe Bucks fan is usually one of the ones like leading. uh, I don't want to say. I want to be careful about how I phrase this. Uh, they will typically be the initiators of some negative perspectives on the team. And so it is interesting seeing them defend the team so vehemently. And I understand they are disenfranchised fans, and that's kind of their shtick. To, to me, it gets tiring. But so it's it's kind of a different... 
yeah, thing for them. Yes, it is. They they started their business, the JoeBucksFan.com site, in 2008 or 2009, I think it was. And so they've only really experienced two winning seasons, and it's, it's just been really a bad time for the Buccaneers, and they've had to cover it. And they jumped into this with both feet, and it, it seems like they just really – they've gotten quite pessimistic with the Buccaneers. And they, I think – it'd be interesting to see how they're going to be when the Buccaneers do go to the playoffs and make it. They're, they're probably going to be totally ecstatic. I hope so. And listen, I get it. You know, the pessimism, the uh, anger and that kind of stuff. I just, it, you and I both, uh, our perspective on fandom is just different than that. Yeah. It's just a different approach. Going through the article, they, they trash Nancy Armour of USA Today for – basically couch fainting over Tom Brady <laughs> having the workout uh, because she said, but Brady also could be jeopardizing the health and safety of players around the league for months to come. Oh, so for God's Joe sake. really goes into her about that. He says, uh, Armour paints a picture of Brady having mind control over these teammates, forcing them to work out with him, exposing them to a deadly disease. And this is teammates, adults, all of them can't even make up their own minds whether they need to use a bathroom or not. Yeah, like half the article is about uh, that Armour person. And then he goes into Tom Pelissaro of NFL Network on the Mad Dog Radio uh, discussing the workouts. And he said they're a virtual unsecured Wuhan lab that is sure to accelerate the spread of, and in quotes, it's the sickness. Pelissaro assumes this because, in part, he thinks Brady and company may not be disinfecting their footballs enough. Seriously, that's what they said. <laughs> and then Joe goes on and says, yeah, people can pump gas in their own vehicles, and many do so without using gloves or disinfectant wipes. Has Pelissario or anyone in authority advocated the closing of gas stations or mandatory sanitizing between pumps? How many reading this story use keypads to purchase groceries or obtain cash? Are those keypads wiped down after each use? No. If these workouts were so dangerous, doesn't anyone think the school would shut them down? Talking about Berkeley Prep. Wouldn't just about any school hosting some type of practice on its premises stop the activities if it put people at risk? So never mind at the very same time, Brady and company are working out. The same school is also hosting youth sports camps of all sorts. Where's the moral indignation about that? Those are children involved, not adults. And then he also points out that uh, Chris Godwin, and who knows who else, took part in some sort of football skills camp recently. Shame on them. How dare they? He's being facetious about the Godwin thing. I know. Me too. But then he goes on to state, do these people really think that Brady and maybe a dozen book teammates are the only NFL players working out together? If so, that's incredibly naive. Even a former NFL offensive lineman said so this week. Said the Brady and them are not doing anything more than what the Lightning are doing and what the Rays will be doing beginning Wednesday. And what untold number of youth campers throughout Florida are doing now. Why is Brady being singled out as some irresponsible, egotistical monster? Well, that's good to see. Joe Bucks fans standing up for Tom Brady a little bit. I agree. I agree. You know, it's, uh, they're grown men. Like, what are you going to do? Right, right. Yeah. A everyone, everybody knows the risks. Everybody's, yeah. you know, and, and like I said, you know, these guys are in, in no threat whatsoever of, you know, being affected by the coronavirus. Uh, they're young, they're healthy. I mean, some of the healthiest people on the planet, they've got the best medical care on the planet. I think, I think uh, it's a, it's a little ridiculous how people overreact to things. But somebody in the comments section of Joe Buck's fan said people need to write articles just to justify their jobs, and that's partly true too. Mm, There's not a whole true. lot to talk about now. There's not a whole lot going on, so you know you're always going to get clicks if you talk about Tom Brady. So, and you know, and it's kind of the nature of journalism, which you and I have kind of gone back and forth about this before, but. In journalism, and you'll see it with local journalists in particular, like if there's a national event that takes place, like say a disaster, like uh, like say a building collapsed in Michigan, mm -hmm. and you know you kind of make it relevant to your area. Could mm -hmm. this building collapse? Yes, they and, start. They all of a sudden start doing reports on right, buildings yeah. in the area. It drives Ralph crazy, but oh, it's a it thing does. where you you know to cover that you kind of have to make it relevant to your uh, 
base. Mm -hmm. Your readers. Basically, your readers, your viewers, whatever. And so sports journalists, I think it's no different. They try to take this national story and apply it to this subsect of the population. We also got to remember that there's a lot of people in the NFL. As a matter of fact, most, the vast majority of the people in the NFL do not like Tom Brady. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's just just because in a competitive sense. Yeah. I think someone who's at the top, see, it's way easier to tear something down than it is to build it up. So, yes. They spend an, an exorbitant amount of time trying to take down the people at the top. Yes, and journalists are not known to be the most hardworking people on the planet. So, uh, they're, it's a it's easier for them to tear people down. Right. You're right. Uh, Ken Laird, speaking of journalists, from Radio.com, W-E-E-I-I, Sports Radio Network. <laughs> he wrote an article, Does Tampa Know What Is Truly Getting With Tom Brady? Now, he covers the Boston sports scene. He, he started covering them uh, about five years ago. Before that, he was with Pittsburgh. He was with Pittsburgh for a long time, covering the Steelers and the Pittsburgh area sports. <laughs> this guy just kind of rips into the Tampa media and Tom Brady. Really? Yeah. Well, he's he's obviously taken Belichick's side on this. I went and I read through his past articles, and he was kind of he was kind of back and forth in his coverage between the two. But he's apparently decided that since Tom Brady is gone now, he's open game. And he has completely taken Belichick's side in this whole Well, how is saga. there even a Belichick side? To, like, wasn't a, a mutual parting of ways. It's how it's been billed to us. So, Well, he goes through the article. And remember, we talked about this when Tom Brady came here about his guru, his fitness instructor. Oh, yeah, Slash business partner. Yeah, Guerrero. Yeah. Yes, well, uh, apparently the Tampa Bay Times took pictures of Tom Brady working out and they put in the caption that here's here's Tom Brady drinking some water with some unidentified individuals. And this just freaked this uh, Ken Laird out. And I guess it's what made him write this article because <laughs> he put on the site that picture and then he circled Guerrero and had arrows drawn to him from the phrase unidentified individuals. And he was like, Tampa Bay media doesn't even know who this guy is. He's like, they're totally unprepared for what's going to happen. And he breaks down how Guerrero kind of caused trouble in the locker room. You know, all the stuff we covered in yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I remember that. So just to sum, sum about up in case people miss the podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, Alex Guerrero is Tom Brady's partner in the TB12 franchise. He is a health guru. He's the one that trains Tom Brady and has got him on these anti-inflammation workouts and routines and diet and all that good stuff. Uh, he has become a large part of Tom Brady's life, so much so that he was in the locker room at the Patriots facilities for many years, and he got into it with some of the training staff for the uh, New England Patriots because he was saying, uh, don't do this, don't do that, and going against their advice, and it, it ended up being a clash. Eventually, and he was advising other members of the Patriots, too, not just Tom Brady. Right. Uh, and it became such an issue that the, eventually the Patriots kicked him out of the locker room. And it, became, it was a rift between Brady and Belichick and all that good stuff. But this uh, Guerrero guy is a really large part of Tom Brady's life. And how the, the Tampa Bay media didn't know that is really quite fascinating. Just kind of doesn't shine a good light on them. But the Ken Lard's article, he, he says the Tampa Bay Buccaneers paid for Tom Brady's services, but were they aware they purchased a six ring circus, one circus hoop for each Super Bowl ring on Brady's fingers? He's an obsessed football player, Tampa Bay 12 or TB 12 Corporation, wannabe movie star, life coach, supermodel husband and possible FOT, which stands for friend of Trump. And I, I hate it when journalists have to throw politics into sports. I, I, it's just, you know, if I, if I want to, if I want to get involved in politics, I'll go read about politics. If I, you know, keep politics out of my sports, please. And uh, he said, last but not least, Bucks fans, it's an election year. Every day, Trump will be in the news, meaning each day the Brady-Trump relationship is fair game again. We'll all see that 2015 MAGA hat image from Brady's locker room stall a hundred times. And see, why would he do that? I mean, what's that, what's that got to do with sports? I don't know. Uh, but he goes on and he just really kind of 
trashes Brady. Talks about his Netflix spa scene cameo dropping in the middle of the 2019 game week. Uh, that Brady will soon be carrying around a 43-year-old body with the ability to unleash a quick temper if things don't go his way. This dude sounds like he's got an axe to grind. Well, he's definitely, <laughs> when you read his articles, uh, he's definitely super pro Belichick. He said, in Boston, the worst it got was Brady growing a bushy Logan Mankins beard in solidarity for his lost guard. The worst it could get in Tampa? Antonio Brown demands anyone. And let's hope Arians gives Tom enough Buccaneer of the Week awards to keep him happy while employing backup quarterbacks who are sure to pose no threat to his playing time. <laughs> Just <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, and he also talked about how – Tom Brady is now part general manager because he got Rob Gronkowski to come there. Dude sounds better. And he closes out with, is Brady worth all the drama? Yes. Yeah, if yes. he brings us a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> right. like, this the only is- drama coming from Brady has been from the media. I know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Completely manufactured. It's just ridiculous. It is. And it just goes to show, like... I'm presuming that he's a Patriots fan. I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, like I said, he was a Pittsburgh guy before this. He's only okay. been with the Boston sports media for five years. Is he, they, he's well, doing. he sounds like a spoiled <laughs> NFL <laughs> viewer, if nothing else, you know, who is mm. used to watching a winning team, reporting on a winning team. And so this is the nonsense that he focuses on. But again, like I said, it's a, there's not a whole lot going on in the sports world, especially the NFL world. So, you know, these, these guys have, you know, they got a job to do. They got to come up with stuff. And I find it amusing. And that's what this all is. It's entertainment. It's all entertainment. It's entertaining. It can be frustrating. You can let it bother you and get upset about it. But uh, when it comes down to it, it's all entertainment. It's what it's designed for. It's what it's made for. The world ain't going to end if the NFL doesn't play. We're just going to have one less form of entertainment. You know, you're a lot more charitable than I am because I like to save those for what I call receipts. <laughs> and then when they're wrong, I will bring them back out because I'm petty. I do like how Brady has not directly addressed this or pushed back, but he is, you know, he made that post on Instagram that showed a picture of them working out. With a quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Hey, some people have that mentality. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we, that's what it takes to be the best. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't be scared. No risk it, no biscuit. A, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No risk it, no biscuit. That's <laughs> good. Good one, Molly. Thank you. If you're going to have the no risk it, no biscuit philosophy, it's got to be applied, right? We got it here, baby. From you can't just to say bottom. it, not do it. That's right. Get walk the talk. Or talk to walk or, or walkie talkie. <laughs> talkie walkie. And the Bucks finally updated their uh, coaches page to show that uh, Keith Tandy is on the coaching staff. I had you know, totally he, he replaced Amos Jones. Yeah, yeah. Corey Bitchy. B I C H E Y. How do you pronounce that? Bicky. Bitchy. Is also now officially, uh, he's replaced Mike Stachiotti. As an assistant strength coach. Okay. God, how many strength coaches do we have? A lot. We have a, a whole lot. department, remember? Well, that's right. That's right. Our boy's going to be strong. <laughs> oh, did you see the Buccaneers' first general manager, Phil Kruger, died? Yes, I did see At that. the age of 90. This is crazy. He was the first general manager hired in 1991. So before that, they had no GM. For years. Well, that was because of free agency. Huh. So was that the norm through the league, I wonder? What, not having a general manager? Yeah. I don't know. But general manager definitely was needed once free agency became a thing because you got all this movement. There just used to not be a whole lot of movement in the NFL. Right. You know, you could have trades and stuff, but, you know, you were you were drafted by a team. You stay with that team. That's crazy. Prior to that, the team's coaches made player decisions. Prior yes. to his hiring. Mm-hmm. You got any more news? No. Thank you. I might, uh, but I can't think of anything. Okay. We had a listener comment on YouTube from Thomas, and I thought this was a really great question. I want to run it by you. 
Thomas writes, hey, this is Tom from Florida. Great job, guys. I appreciate the podcast during a rough time down here. I feel there will be a season, but with reduced fans or no fans. My big concern for the team is defensive line depth. Maybe they should look at Clay Matthews. What are your thoughts? And I actually, after looking at this and weighing it, I actually love this idea. Well, getting Clay Matthews? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I love his attitude. Yes, this is true. Uh, the one rub is our cap space. Mm-hmm. We have $5 million in cap space. That's the top 51 of the roster. But he made an average salary of $4.6 million at the Rams. And he is a unrestricted free agent. Oh, right okay. Now. Yeah, so we could afford him. Yeah. I actually love this idea. It is a good idea because we... Uh, we've got, uh, I don't know, okay depth at the defensive line. Yeah, you know, and taco he's and technically taco. Nacho. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how you are when we go to Mexican restaurants, though. You're like, I don't know what I like. I don't, what know, is it? I don't know the difference between a taco, a nacho, burrito. I'll tell you, every time I try to get Ralph to go eat Mexican, he goes, Taco Bell? Yeah, I'm like, it's not even the same thing. I don't know what I like. I mean, to me, it all tastes the same. I, you know, it's, it's just wrapped in different stuff. Yeah, and some of it have the sauce on the outside, some the sauce on the inside. When you put it in your mouth, it's not different. <laughs> it all tastes the same to me. Uh, so yeah, I don't know the difference between a taco and a nacho. Yeah, uh, he is 35 years old. He's my first impression. My first thought was, you know, he's a little injury prone. Which I went back and looked at his record through his career, and that's not necessarily the case. Like, he had seasons where he missed, like, five games or four, but it was never more than that. So, and especially at a position where we have starters already, Mm -hmm. you know, JPP and Shaq, and he wouldn't be getting the reps that maybe he was getting in those years and that wouldn't be as much of an issue right and it, because of his age and everything it would probably be better for him to not play as many snaps right and i love his attitude he is a monster on the field he is a dog mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so uh, that's a good question tom yeah we we both concur let's I get him agree yeah i like it and he's still available nobody's picked him up <laughs> i don't know we also got uh I was talking about Nacho like he was an outside linebacker. I was I was basically just talking about our defensive line. Oh yeah, yeah. I do kind of in my mind like group all of them together too. But yeah, when I think uh, you know our defensive line, I throw the outside linebackers in there with it. (laughs) You know, so uh, you know, just thinking about who our backups are at outside linebacker. We've got JPP and Shaquille Barrett are the starters. We lost Nassib. Nassib. I'm going to sound horrible, but I can't think of anybody behind this, guys. <laughs> now, we're, we Why are do doing, we even have a Buccaneer podcast? I we know. don't know anything. Well, we are doing uh, a little a sneak preview for all the listeners, but we are doing breakdowns of all the position groups, and I was actually just working on the defensive line today. <laughs> you don't no, but not the outside linebackers. I'm putting them in a second separate category. Oh, really? So we're going to do yeah. the defensive line and... Yes, and then outside linebackers huh. separate. Well, right now we got uh, Cousin Daniels, Quentin Bell, Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill. Those are the only outside linebackers we have. Oh so, yeah, gosh. that's a very... That's a very Serious question. I would love that. Our depth outside linebacker is not too deep, shallow, it's ankle deep. It's a kiddie pool. (laughs) Anthony Nelson, this is what, his second year? Yeah, I think so. He did good last year. I liked it. But didn't he end up on IR? I don't recall. That'll be something good for the fact check and follow up. That I'll forget to do. That you'll forget to do or forget (laughs) to bring to the notes. Okay, I just looked it up and he did not end this season. On IR. I don't know what I'm thinking. He only started one game last year. He played in nine. So we didn't really use him a whole lot. So thank you, Tom, for the question and the comments. Appreciate it. That was a good one. That's going to have to, it's going to, I'm going to ruminate on that one. I know. We should start pushing for that one. Probably have more, uh, more thoughts on it next podcast. Cool. Okay. And then we got a tweet 
the fa- a fan experience from at Africa the Rebel Rebel on Twitter. What was that? Africa the Rebel. Yes, at Africa the Rebel. Uh, hey guys, love the podcast. I'm a Buccaneers fan, and I live in Maryland, two blocks from FedEx Field, where the lame Washington team plays Ooh. football, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I know. <laughs> I got a good chuckle out of that one. He said, I've seen the Bucks play them once in my lifetime, and it was amazing being around all those beautiful Buccaneers fans. Yeah. And it felt real good. Hopefully, we'll play Washington or Baltimore next season. Anyway, be safe, guys, and go Bucks. Uh, we are also in Redskins country. And I will say I'm glad that the Redskins suck because typically the Redskins fans are out in force for about the first three or four (laughs) games. And then they just disappear through the season because they just suck so bad. So uh, I think everyone just hides their Redskins gear. And I imagine... One day when they're good, it'll be really obnoxious. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I do recall when they had RG3 and mm, yeah. all that. That did, was miserable. Did they make it to the playoffs that year? Yes, yes. And so that was obnoxious, but thankfully short-lived. So we feel well, your pain. They've got uh, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, uh, yeah. who's their offensive coordinator. Uh, they've, they've got quite a quite a good coaching staff, I guess you would say. They're they're at least going to be mediocre, <laughs> right. and lucky for them that division is weak. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? Uh, Ralph has actually seen the Bucks play in FedEx Field quite a few times. Quite a few times, gotten in quite a few fights. I, I, I there. Saw, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. because <laughs> I just don't like Redskins, fans. <laughs> and, and then, I don't like the Buccaneers losing. Right, and the Bucks lo- lost every time you've been. Oh yeah, and so you I've never seen to. the Bucks win live. You're a jinx. I know. What's and, it yeah, been this like? was this was back in our uh, Super Bowl era days. We played. Um, Deion Sanders was playing for the Redskins, and we went into overtime with them one time. And uh, we were kicking their butts, and we went into overtime. And Deion Sanders ran the ball back. We kicked it off to him, and he ran it back to about the twenty, and they ended up scoring a field goal and winning. I was so furious. Redskins can die. <laughs> <laughs> course we don't need mean that no metaphorically right uh i wonder if they're going to change their name with all this stuff going on with the you know everything you know, everything's changing yeah uh they've resisted it so far you had a good name for them. what was it i don't know i don't remember. i'm still i'm still a big fan of foreskins <laughs> i think they just go with foreskins <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one um I don't know what their logo would be like, but it'd probably be a little R-rated. <laughs> I'm sure someone would be offended about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that it would be. A... I think I just offended myself with what I just said. <laughs> That'd be like jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Now, I, you know, they've resisted it so far. I don't, I don't know if they can resist it how much longer, but I don't know. That's that's an expensive overhaul. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a complete rebranding. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. So thanks for the comment. We love these. If you want to share your fan experience, please tweet us or send us a message on Facebook. You can private message us on Twitter. Email. Email. Smoke signals. <laughs> Speaking of Redskins. mail. <laughs> <laughs> So as we're getting closer to the season, Molly, I want to ask you, do you think we're going to have a season? And how do you think it's going to turn out as far as what they're going to do about fans being able to go to games and players? Uh, well. And we were very, very optimistic. We try to stay optimistic here. Yeah. Well, it looks like everywhere is kind of having a second wave. So I think that might put a little damper on it, especially so close to the season. I don't know if in, I mean, because really we've got two months basically to get that under control. So my guess would be if there are fans permitted, it will be limited capacity. That would be my guess. I have hope 
that the season will go on. I just don't see how we can continue to live life like this much longer, <laughs> to be honest I with agree. you. I agree. But I don't, you know, everybody just, everybody seems to be falling into a routine and this is like the new normal now. It, I, I know there's, there's like a second wave of cases. Correct. But it's not fatalities. Fatalities have actually gone down really, really low. Right. Uh, we might see a little bit of an increase in fatalities with this new second wave. I don't, I don't even know. Is, is it really a second wave or is it just we're testing more? Anything? Is it, there's so much out there that's that's misunderstood. And, uh, just, there's just the a lot of just, information and it's just such a new thing that I think, uh, you know, and everyone's trying to work so hard to understand it. Well, I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of research on just about every aspect of it. And a lot of people just don't know. I mean, the medical community is not real sure what you can't get facts on anything. It's like, it's like with the masks, you know, me and you sat and looked the other day at research papers and the New England Journal of Medicine articles and everything. And they all flat. I mean, all the research papers and the, the articles from the like real medical people say that, you know, the masks don't really do anything. You know, they're not they're not as beneficial as the public is led to believe. But you're getting a bunch of people saying they are. You're getting mandates from government saying the mask. You know, we don't know. The medical community still doesn't know how this is transmitted. They're, they don't know if it's uh, from droplets or if it's aerosolized. Uh, they don't they don't know a whole lot. But we're given the impression that, you know, there's a lot of answers out there and there aren't any. We still don't know a whole lot about this mess. So it, it, it's just it is kind of frustrating and almost defeating to try and figure this stuff out when you know you're getting people saying one thing is truth over here and you're getting people on another side saying no that's wrong this is the truth and there's there's really just not a whole lot of evidence that's really factual you know like like good studies you know good scientific research blind peer-reviewed studies there's very very few it's actually quite amazing to me that we've gone through this whole pandemic that's basically shut the world down, and the science behind it is as little as it is. I think everyone just wants to feel like they're doing the right thing. Yes. And so, and I think the masks give people a sense of control, like I can, you know, stop the spread or mm -hmm. I can, so. Yeah, people need that. People need to feel like they're in control. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, there's all kinds of studies about that. If you know, if you have the the less sense of control you have in your life, the more prone you are to sickness, depression, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, because you know when you stress, you release cortisol mm -hmm. hormones, and you know that has all kinds of adverse so effects on your body. If this continues the way it's going now, I think there's a good possibility that they're going to postpone. The start of the season. I think that's a possibility, but that I think that's as far as it's going to go. I don't, I don't foresee the season being canceled. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think the American people have said we got to we figure something football. out. Well, <laughs> I think just in general, people said we got to figure something out because people can't live like this. You can't. I mean, I feel it myself. Like I'm a basket case in so many different ways. Just you know, being cooped up. Yeah, because you you're more. As most women are, you're more of a sociable person. You right. You really like getting out and being with people. So and you know, going out and you know being able to go to the store, go to lunches, and hang out. And, yeah, yeah, go hang out with my friends or go get caught, whatever. And uh, so it was quite an adjustment for me. And I'm not one that normally deals with a whole lot of mental health issues, but <laughs> <laughs> but I will admit I'm just kind of a basket case, and uh, so. You know, we it's it's not good for people to live in fear. And I have family members who are just, you know, I have family members on both ends of the both ends of the spectrum. The ones who say, "Oh, it's not a big deal," and then others who are like, "It's the biggest deal that has ever happened." And I don't want anyone around me, and I don't want to go anywhere. Right? Yeah, so, you've got family members who who have been out doing like nothing has changed. They they're still going out and. Uh, mm -hmm. traveling and all that good stuff. And then you got other family members who are basically cowering under their beds. Yeah. And they have been for months. So, yeah. <clears throat> and I, 
uh, we haven't talked about this before on the podcast, but I did lose a relative to COVID. Uh, well, they died. They died with COVID. With COVID, let's they were, say that. And they were elderly. Very ninety ninety six ninety six. Uh, it was brought in by a caregiver. Other members of the family also got it. So it, uh, you know, but. The family member who doesn't really care about it is on that side. So yes. <laughs> it was directly impacted. Uh, you know, so it's, I, I don't know. I, you know, and I don't have the answers. I don't know. I don't feel that's like anybody thing. does. Yeah, nobody does. I don't think nobody does. does. Nobody knows anything that's really going on. I mean, it, it's not making sense and all this good stuff. But if if the things, you can see it ramping up now with some of the states withdrawing their phases for reopening. And, yeah, and I think Texas did that. You know, there's a lot of political pressure for these governors and stuff. Uh, you know, when the numbers, everybody's looking at numbers, which again, I, to me, you use numbers as a tool. They're not the end-all be-all. Unfortunately, I feel like in this case, they're using the numbers as the end-all be-all. And so when the numbers start going up, everybody panics. These guys get political pressure put on them and they have to, you know, scale back. And I can very much see the NFL doing the same thing. If the numbers start going up, NFL is going to say, all right, we can't do this. We're going to have to postpone. And I don't want to think that. I, you know, I'm surprised it's gone on this long. I really am. I was of the opinion that, you know, when it first, me and Molly were one of the first ones to quarantine. We self-quarantined ourselves. Oh, yeah. I went into my job and said, this get, this getting real. I'm working from home. And they basically told me to stop being paranoid. And, and then, then <laughs> the very next day, they said, okay, everyone's working from home now. Yes. And I said, I told you. And one of her bosses walking around wearing what they, like <laughs> clamshell mittens. Yeah, like oyster gloves <laughs> and uh, a mask. Uh, yeah. so. And this was the guy that told you you were overreacting. Yeah, that I was paranoid. Yeah. And uh, I was under the assumption that we would all understand that we do this to basically flatten the curve. I mean, you remember that was the whole original point behind it. And I was like, yes, that's what we need to do. And we get the hospitals prepared, give the medical community a time to figure out what to do, uh, what everybody needs to do and everything. And it just seems like it has just gone, it just exploded into this morass of nobody knowing anything and we're just looking at numbers and making decisions based on that. So if that's the case, then yes, I could see where the NFL is going to postpone. They've already canceled the hall of fame game and the end, the hall of fame induction ceremony, which you got to think, man, those guys, can you imagine you wait all this time to get in the hall of fame? You're so excited about it. I hell, I'm glad John Lynch didn't get in this year. Now, you know, it's like, that would suck. You know, he couldn't even go up there and give a speech or nothing. How are they going to do that? Is it going to be like a Zoom thing? I mean, it's just pff, whatever. So they're not going to do a ceremony or anything? Uh, they'll probably do one kind of like they did the draft, maybe. I don't know. I haven't heard anything on it. but you can't do that. The ceremony itself. It's like a big deal. Yeah, so it is the, a big deal. I mean, I mean, but the Hall of Fame game is like the first preseason game. So is mm -hmm. preseason canceled? Are they rescheduling I think that won, game? I think they canceled one preseason game, so we're only getting three this year. Okay. I didn't hear about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, <laughs> for some that. reason, it's right there on the tip of my tongue that that's what is happening. So, you know, if this does continue, I could see where we post it. And I will be so upset. I will, you know, this is, this is the best year, the best offseason the Buccaneers have ever had by far. And I am so hyped for this season. And if it gets delayed or postponed or canceled, hmm. Uh, I've just received a, a piece of breaking news. Are you ready for this? What's up? It's going to be a go none. Uh, Cam Newton has signed with the Patriots <laughs> on a one-year deal. No. Yes. No. That's Ian Rappaport reporting. Uh-uh. Uh, it's a chance to compete. Yeah. It's been in the works, and it's a bare minimum deal. What? Right. He's getting minimum. Yeah. Bare well, he's a veteran, minimum. so he's not going to get the like five hundred thousand. He'll get right, like, probably like a million. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the, wow, man. That's funny because they were talking about Cam Newton going to the Patriots. They've, that's been the thing that they've been talking about basically since Cam Newton got released from the Panthers. Yeah. And I was, 
I've been of this whole time. I'm like, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way. We are so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if, if you're going to get Cam Newton for that price on a one-year deal worth minimum, who wouldn't sign him? Yeah. I think, yeah, and if you're Cam Newton, you take it because, I mean, he needs opportunity. He's not getting to prove any himself. opportunities. Yeah. He, I mean, he's he's taking a Jameis deal, basically. I can't see more of an oil and water duo than Cam Newton and Bill Belichick, though. I really can't. I he Cam Newton just does not seem like he's going to fit in underneath Bill Belichick at all. Huh. I mean, and plus, uh, he he's not a pocket passer, right? So. I was just thinking that, and you know, uh, Belichick likes that mentality. Do your job. Mm-hmm. You know, not these flashy splash plays, but he is apparently competing with Jared Stidham. Stidham. So maybe that's the rationale is to give Jared uh, some competition against a starting quarterback. I don't know. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So, I bet Patriots fans are the happiest crap right now thinking, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be their year. They're going to win another Super Bowl. <laughs> Tom Brady can't you can't be more opposite than Tom Brady than Cam Newton I know I mean those two are gosh extremely opposite they'll have to change their whole offense around Cam Newton if if they go with him yeah they're not it's go. it's apparently an incentive laden deal per Adam Schefter so that'll be interesting another thing to watch in the league heck yeah Fun stuff, man. See, that's entertainment right there, man. Yeah. This is better than the Jerry Springer show or TMZ. I know. know. Like, I would watch the Patriots just to to see this quarterback competition. Like, I'll watch their preseason. Why not? Well, now that Cam Newton's not in our division or in our You wouldn't just want to see it. I don't dislike him as much. I mean, but watching him crash and burn wouldn't be the worst thing, would it? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so we have had, this is the Twitter account, NFL. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, my sports update. You know what? Okay. All right. So we've had a Tom Brady came from the Patriots to the Bucks. Jameis Winston went from the Bucks to the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater went from the Saints to the Panthers, and then Cam Newton went from the Panthers to the Patriots. <laughs> so we've had just a that is a carousel there. Uh, you know, I saw a, a headline today. You know, I have a feed thing with all like Bucks news and NFL news and all that, and I saw a headline. I didn't click on the article, and I kind of wish I did. Uh, it was an interview with Matt Ryan, and he said, Matty Ice thinks he's the best quarterback in the NFC South. Matt Ryan. He he thinks. is the best quarterback in the NFC South named he, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Delusional. Delusional. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Oh, yeah. No I doubt think about he's a good quarterback. Very no good doubt quarterback. about that. Yeah, he's elite. He's not better than Drew Brees, and he's not better than Tom Brady. No. No. So, I mean, he's the third best quarterback in the NFC South. Well, he's in the division with the two best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. You know, so he's like, there's first place, second place, and then he's like... Competing with Teddy Bridgewater for yeah. a three. <laughs> no, I, don't th- I don't think he's competing with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is definitely fourth in that division. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, if you look at it, you would go Tom Brady's one, Drew Brees is two, Matt Ryan's 2.5. Okay. Yes, yes, I agree with that. You think he's only a half step down from Drew Brees? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I, you know, I'd give him a full step just because he can't do anything in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to have that that leadership mentality or something. There's something missing there, that oomph. Yeah, exactly, that oomph. He chokes. Yeah, too much ice, not enough oomph. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for this either. I hope it happens. I hope we get some preseason games. You know, I am willing to sacrifice any fans at the games. Any what? Any fans at the games. You are willing to sacrifice having fans at the games? Yes. Just so we get football. That would be so weird. That would be weird. They could pump in some noise. <laughs> some crowd noise. That would even be weirder. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
empty stadium when you're hearing all this. Uh, okay, it's like if, ghosts. What if you could do something like where you're live streaming fans, like just put TV screens in all the seats and then let the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Like a Zoom call. for. <laughs> I'll do anything at this point. Yeah, yeah, I really need it because uh, the theaters opened up. Movie or so theaters? I heard. Yeah, so I've heard okay. in this area. And I was like, wow, it's been so long since I've even gone to the movies. Yeah. You know, there's nothing on TV, really. I think we watched everything we could possibly watch. Not that we watch a lot of TV anyhow. but Okay. I'm not going to a movie theater, and here's why. They are, before pandemic, uh, their sanitation standards are <laughs> questionable. <laughs> sticky floors. Like, yeah, they're sticky floors. Like, every time. It's all carpet, too. And you're like, oh, why? Why would you put carpet in there? Uh, and they all smell the same, and that's because there's all that soda and popcorn in the carpet. I had no idea you had these feelings about movie theaters. Yeah, and the and the seats are always gross. I mean, we've gone to these theaters where they have the recliners and stuff. I love those places, but sanitation standards are still questionable. They they kind of smell like buses to me. You know, buses <laughs> always smell weird. <laughs> Like even char mostly like charter buses, you know, they always smell weird. So yeah, it would. Uh, I, I I need football in my life. Something. I need something. I need some entertainment, people. No movies. Let's get this thing going. Okay, I'm not gonna go to the movies, but if you want to go to the movies by yourself, and when you come back inside, I'll spray you with Lysol. You do that anyhow. <laughs> even when I don't go, I go to the mailbox and you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just think I'm gross. No. That's what I always thought. <laughs> I didn't know I smelled like a movie theater. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us on Twitter. It's usually the best place. Our handle is at Bucks underscore Observer. Shoot us an email if you want to. Uh, Molly's email is mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. My email is ralph at buccaneersobserver.com. We're on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, go check out the YouTube new video coming up. It should be up to tomorrow on the 29th. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's almost done. I've almost got it done. Mm-hmm. Or Wednesday or Thursday it could be. <laughs> Might be Friday. I don't know. Might be next Depends. week. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>